Hey guys, Andrew from Omega Digital, how are you going? In my six year journey that I um, spoke about and I've actually put up a podcast about that, in the 2013 year when I discussed what happened in the business that year, I covered a very, very personal uh, situation that happened in my life and that was me fainting and I thought when I started speaking about it, I, I started thinking while I was taping and recording the podcast, reading on script and veering off script, that I really should probably talk about my uh, issue that I had because I believe, one, and this is the main reason, I believe it, it could probably help other people. And if I'm, and two, if I'm coming out and talking about it, maybe that will give you the courage to go out and to talk about it and potentially even seek help if you need it. And don't be ashamed of it. It's okay. Um, okay, so my story, I'm going to try to keep this 20 minutes, but my story, I'm completely open and honest. And actually, it's so funny because my counsellor said at the time, no, basically men going to see a counsellor is such a small demographic that she's so surprised. And even more, it narrowed down even further being under 30 at the time. So I was proud of that. And she, thirdly, she said, I can't believe that you're telling me everything I don't even need to ask. So three things, that I was a man, that I was talking about my problems, I was under 30, and I told her everything. Um, and she found that amazing. And it was amazing because what I figured out later on is that it really helped me. And so I just want to make this podcast hoping that it will help someone else and two, maybe even encourage you to get help and seek and seek you know professional help and ask me for just f amateur help. Um, I'm not a medical person. I know nothing about the industry. But if you just got any questions about my story or, or, or whatever, I'm putting it out there on the internet, making it public for everybody. So people that are my competitors, my colleagues, my clients... Everyone has an opportunity to listen to this and to be and to and, and, and I'm exposing myself and putting myself out there just so if you have anxiety out there that it gives you the motivation and courage to do something about it. And remember, there is nothing wrong with you. You're okay. However, you should definitely think about getting professional help because it can go out of control. Because ultimately anxiety from what i understand is not a bad emotion i mean if you're out in the woods and or whatever a jungle or wherever and a lion wants to rip your face off and you see the lion ahead of time and you're feeling anxious that's a good anxious that's a good anxiety preparing your body to move to do everything it can to get out of that situation and the whole fight and flight response, but I don't want to get into the into the technical stuff because it's not my expertise. My expertise is I've experienced what it did to me, how it shook my foundation, and ultimately I just want you guys, if you're listening and that, that have this problem, to to either let me know and 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 hopefully to to ultimately improve it for you. So it doesn't have the effect it did over my life. So leading up, it happened in 2012. So so what happened was, my backstory was, 
you can read all my very first podcast, which I talk about my childhood and all the rest of it. I would say that 2008 to 2011, I was working for some for somebody. So I was in an environment where there was other people around. And if you don't know me well, one thing you'll you hopefully you'll quickly realize is that I'm an extrovert personality. I'm a social butterfly. I need to be around people. I need to be engaging and asking questions. I love people and I love engaging and opening up the channels of communication and engagement. I love it. Completely, totally love it. So I was always working around people and, and I just loved it. And, and, and even in my last job, one of the things that really stuck out, the, the reason why I think I stayed as long as I did was because of the people around me. I love who I was working with. I started getting, I had issues with the job and the stress and all the rest of it, but the people around me kept me going. Um, and I just love being, you know, in a, in a situation where, okay, I'm going to be honest now, the center, you know, like the the main person, the main guy, the, the main actor, whatever it is, the person in the spotlight. I love the attention. And that's probably what is actually funny. It's ironic that I'm in marketing, which is all about attention. But from a business attention point of view, that's, that's really important. From a personal, I love attention full stop. I'm an attention, as they say, attention seeker, as they called me at school. Whatever. I don't care. The point is, is that I love being the center of like the center of the limelight. And when I started the business, so I had all that, I had all the pressure, I still had all the stress. I was my parents uh, moved away and in 2008 I was found myself in a three bedroom home all by myself and I was 20 years old and it was just happened overnight where one minute my mum was doing all my washing and looking after me and taking care of me to next minute Sorry, Andrew, we're moving up north. Come with us. And I said, no, don't me. Um, and I stayed in Sydney where my parents moved four hours north. So that was obviously a very pressure situation. However, I had all of the sort of um, stress of the working and all the rest of it. But my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, helped me get through it a lot. Shout out to Daniela. And two... Going to work and being being 99% of the time in an environment where I loved it and flourished and loved the people that I was working with, with a few issues here and there. But look, ultimately, it was the memories that I have of the people that I work with was always great. That's this is I keep repeating that because it's very important. It pretty much I figured out later on had it pretty much everything to do with 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 the high anxiety and now I want to go on record on saying. I probably had anxiety in two, like before 2013, which, which really shook my foundation, but I didn't recognize the symptoms. I didn't recognize what the sort of lightheadedness, the tight head, the pounding heart, the, all the other traditional standard um, sort of, you could, you could say, you know, the symptoms of anxiety. Now, that was my symptoms. I don't know, like, I don't know if that's for everybody, but obviously people probably experience different things. But I didn't know what they were. I'm sure I had anxiety, but before 2013, I never could ever even recognize what the symptoms even were. Then 
as I started my business, which I spoke about everything else to do with the business, I don't want to get into business, not a business conversation. But when I started it, and you can see in one of my six-year journey posts, you see the you see the desk. But what you don't see is on the right hand side, which I wish I took the picture now. What you don't see is my bed, okay? And I would uh, so basically in the end of 2011. Well, actually, middle of 2011, I handed in my re- uh, resignation. But the business, the company that I was working for, asked me if I could stay on, train the next few people, and you know, I had no problem with that, and I did it. So, ultimately, what I wanted to do was, in that time, figure out what I'm going to do next. Now, I knew I kind of, the business was the option. I spoke to my wife. It was in now or never. And I go into all of that in, in, in the six-year journey, but I can even go even more. But, but I, I kind of knew in that time, well, at least I could buy some time. And, you know, from middle of around August 2011, when I, when I officially ended in my resignation, then... In two, then, then all pretty much the entire to, to the start of 2012, I had all that time to really think about it and exactly what I wanted to do, and how do how did I want to continue and develop my online marketing career going forward? So that was in 2011. Long story short, because I don't want to get I don't want this to be the centralized theme. I started the business in 2012, and as you can see in that six year journey, you see the the office, you see the the, the my home office and. Like I said before, what you don't see is on the right-hand side. Less, not I say it's a meter, and it's even less than that. I could pretty much stretch out my leg from my office chair to my bed. So I would wake up in the morning. I would go to the toilet. I would go to the bathroom. I would eat breakfast, and I'll go to work and sit at that desk. And I'll stay there from the moment I wake up to pretty much six, seven o'clock. When I might go for a walk, come back, watch a bit of TV, then back on the computer again. Now, why is that a, a bad thing? You take an extrovert personality that loves to be around people, that get that 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 basically being around people has a big part of me shifting the stress away and basically becoming a hermit. And you take a personality like mine that is very extroverted. Probably to a huge degree, I'm a social butterfly where I've had to work over the years on keeping that not turning into an ego, egocentric, selfish-minded person because if you you can easily take that extrovert personality if you don't correct and become self-aware of who you are, you can easily adopt into a narcissistic, you know, arrogant, um, just selfish-minded person and you have to keep that being an extrovert has those challenges i found for me personally this is my experience and taming that so but what i did was taming it by being on my own in 2012 starting the business but basically shifting it to the other side of the spectrum so i became an introvert and if you're an introvert, maybe that won't have the same effect on him. It probably won't. I don't know. I'm not an introvert, so I can't tell you one way or the other. But I'm not a homebody in the sense that I like to be around people. I could be at home, and I do. And actually, it's funny because when I was working, I love my home time because that's that's was a bit of a like there was a. It's not that I like my home time when I reflect on it. It's I like the downtime when I was working because of the stress and everything. It was more of an escape than a home. Was just I was never at home, so I appreciated when I was 
So what I really loved was being in the around people was that I could just fire off my problems and I could talk with people and we could have a joke and we could laugh. And I remember there was a few people in my in my office that were all like jokers in the sense that that, that they always crack funny jokes and would all laugh and if I was really stressed out, I'd get up, take the rubbish, and I'd talk to people and say hello. And I didn't realise how important that was for other reasons, like not just for my own personal health and mental health, but also just to just to get up and build connections with the people you're working with. And so it was just this awesome sort of – I didn't even know I was doing that, but when I was stressed out and I would build friendships with people at work, they were more than willing to, to spend five minutes with you to have a quick chat. And I'm going to make sure that becomes a big part of the, of the mega digital going forward. But that's a side note, and I don't want to get into that. But it's so impo- it was so important to everything that I did, because when I felt stressed, and even when I got nosebleeds before meetings, and I had to do big corporate meetings with, 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 the, with the company's biggest clients, and I had to face them in that setting, I was always nervous, and I was always stressed out about it, and I couldn't sleep. And it's again, it's funny that someone extroverted would be scared of public speaking at the time, and I was. I was just scared of speaking in front of people full stop in a setting where it's like professional, where I haven't defined the setting that I feel more comfortable in. So going to like doing presentations and speaking, I still kind of have struggles with that. But at the end of the day, I had sort of people to, to lay it off pre-2012. Then in 2012, starting my own business and and having that stress of losing all this money over the year. So I lost a lot of money as I, as I speak about. But then all of the stress and the mental strain, I couldn't get it out. So I just funneled it all inside. So I'm sure I had anxiety pre-2012, but being in 2012 and going through that entire journey and then masking all of that like persona like it wasn't bothering me, but it was, and just getting angrier and angry inside, that business wasn't going in the right direction, that I had to learn all these new skills, that it wasn't the sort of blueprint that I mapped out that it would be when I started it. And just problems that I had, like I was so stressed out, I couldn't find clients, I was getting anxious. It was just mentally exhausting without any funnel or any way to kind of get it out. So it would just build up and build up and build up. Even though it's funny enough, I actually played soccer that year and I loved playing soccer, but it just clearly wasn't enough. And it wasn't enough because it was only for about three months and I only ever played the home games because I wasn't driving at the time. So I'll do I'll go to training once or twice a week and then play only home games, which was only very little because they had a big team, we had to rotate players. So it wasn't anything truly significant as a way to kind of get the energy out and escape and and and, and um, sort of, I don't know, get all the ang- angst out and all the stress. and and But it didn't do anything. It was better not playing soccer and being in that environment that I was in my company before I left. So, again, it just built up. In 2012, it built up, built up, built up. And you take someone like me that is another part of the, the story is, is that what I figured out is I love being in control. I never, ne- that's why I mentioned in the other podcast, Six Year Journey one, I don't want to repeat things, but just so the story all comes together, is the reason why I don't drink alcohol or take drugs or never taken any drugs ever in my entire life. And I've only been drunk a very few times and hated it. So I don't actually basically don't even drink very, nothing if very little, from nothing to very little, you know. Um, and 
because I know I don't like the feeling of not being in control. I like to know that the ground that I'm standing on is as firm as the confidence that I believe in myself is. That's a very powerful statement if that makes sense to you because it does to me. I like to believe that the ground that I'm standing on is as strong as the as as the confidence that's inside me and who I am as a person and that my and I'm in total control of self and my mind and essentially what happens to me ultimately and I'm scared shitless of being in any environment or any situation where I'm not in control that scares the crap out of me so what happened was we had to do this marriage preparation course my wife and I got married in the Catholic Church and they fought they well they don't force you but they kind of make you do this marriage preparation course to kind of you know gear towards you know what marriage is going to be like and it was fine it was good it was helpful and it was a three-week session in April 2013. So we had to do that and we had to sign that off. And it was three Mondays. And I believe it's the first Monday was like the end, the last Monday of March. And it kind of. Then the, the first two Mondays was religious-based. And then the third Monday, it was actually, it's ironic, it was all based on secular research. So all outside, non-church-based research on sort of marriage. And the picture that I had, I'm not going to be stick to 20 minutes, but hopefully you still find it valuable. The pictures that I saw on screen was um, basically the female reproductive system. And I was sitting down in my chair, sitting down, and I remember my body started shaking. And... It started shaking uncontrollably. And then I met the last thing I remember was I grabbed my wife, my girlfriend at the time, and I said to her, I don't feel very well. And bang, I don't remember anything else. And just saying it now, I, I can feel very light anxiety symptoms because I hated it that much that even the thought of it happening again scares me. So... I blanked out sitting down in a chair with the female reproductive system and discussing that part, which I can't even remember why we're learning that, but we were, I think in the context of like children and all the rest of it. And I remember, it would have been because I remember sitting in my chair, looking up on the screen and I don't know if you watch those movies where you see like flashes when people are looking at something, they kind of remember all these different things and they flash. And I remember like, like business, money, child, success, buy a house. And I was all obsessed with with having a family, getting married, having money, having the, the ability to be in control of my situation. And I felt that in that moment, looking up, the baby is what triggered me. All these other thoughts and emotions just came gushing in and gushing in my mind. And it's just, it just freaked me out. It just freaked me out. And and that's why I started shaking as well. And I'm thinking all these, like, how am I going to pay for the baby and the house and, 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 and all the rest of it? And bang, I remember saying to my wife, I don't feel well. And I was gone. Next minute I wake up, the entire room is cleared. All the chairs are taken out. So we had like maybe a group of like 20 people in there. I can't remember. It was like at least 20 people. 
And everyone was like sitting in these chairs and the lady that was giving the presentation, she was beautiful, she was a really lovely lady. And I just remember waking up and I remember she was on the phone to the ambulance, my wife was next to me. Then when, as soon as I woke up, it was only probably out for like 30 seconds, I said to the uh, lady, I said, and I said, oh, what happened? And then she said, oh, you just passed out, we're calling the ambulance. And then, and then I called my, uh, then my wife was there and she's like, it's funny how my wife would, I would normally freak out in a situation like that, but she didn't. And she was very calming and I'll never forget that. It was really nice because when I fainted earlier in my life, again, earlier, which is a different story, and my dad was panicking. I remember it had a negative effect when I came back to full consciousness, but with Daniela, it's just a calming voice. And she's like, she remember tapping my left or right arm. I can't remember saying, it's okay, darling. You know, you just, you just passed out, but we're going to get you checked out. And just that calming reassurance made a world of difference. And I, after that event, the ambulance came to check me out. Nothing was fine, obviously. At the, I didn't really know, but at the time, it was completely and totally, you know, mental-based issues and mental health-based issues. And the ambulance came, they checked me out, I was fine. Then I had to go to this, um, where they checked my heart, I was fine. I did blood tests, I was fine. Actually, funny enough, the guy that checked, the doctor that checked out my heart and the fact I had to go on a treadmill and run and all that sort of stuff, he basically said, the only issue I have with you, Andrew, is you should lose some, some weight. That's it, you know, because it's going to get harder as you get off. So it was more, he's giving me advice for something completely not related to the situation. And then I lost 20 kilos from that time right up until my, so about 10 or 11 months after that, I just lost. Actually, by the time I saw the, the heart specialist, it was about a month after. And yeah, he, I saw my GP, but he's like, just lose the, like, you know, drop down to, and I lost all this weight, and, and, and hopefully maybe I can show my wedding photo as the picture for this video. I lost a lot of weight, um, and, and I started eating a lot less, and then I got married and put it back on, but that's a different story. Anyway, my daddy, my daddy always says, if you're not in business, don't advertise, right? But anyway, moving on. Um, and I did all that, and I was fine. It wasn't, it wasn't anything physical. It was complete and totally in my mind. It's the mental state. It was my mental health. And I would say that the only time in my life, so about five or six months after this happened, I was, on, I was in the bathroom and I broke down. And I really, really felt the lightest touches of the darkest moment of my life. And that was depression. I never went into it, thank God. But I can remember it like it was yesterday. And that's when I said, I got to go and get help. And I'm so happy and I'm so grateful to God, to my family, to everyone around me that I, that I, that I made the conscious decision. And I said, you know what? I'm going to get help because this was just not normal. I didn't really want to go to social settings. I was avoiding so for, for the next six months, 
I would avoid meetings. I wouldn't go to meetings. I would tell clients I'm busy. I would, and if we did have the odd meeting, I would keep it very close to home. I struggled. That that foundation that I mentioned before, the the making sure that I'm in control and the foundation that I'm standing upon is in total my control and in my own self-confidence was totally rattled and it was like the rug was pulling from under me and the ground just did not feel strong anymore. It was like I was standing on jelly and I was sinking and that scared me and that's why I'm thinking I'm not going to get out of this and I'm sinking into this jelly floor and I didn't want to go to meetings. I didn't want to be the person that I am. I'm an extrovert. I'm an en- highly engaging. I love conversation. I, l- I love all of it, right? Everything to do with confrontation, everything to do with engagement, everything to do with like speaking and talking and innovating. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't. I was running away from the person that I was. That and the fact that the, the feeling that I felt like I was sinking and that I had no way out, that the blueprint that I set up in my mind was not living out, yeah, I broke down, all right? And now as I say that, I can totally understand why. And I touched, I believe, I touched the sides, the outer skirts of, of depression, and it was the darkest moment of my life. It's like a dark cloud just hovering over me. Everything around me just felt like it was boxing me in. I had no way out. Well, I did. I did, and, and if you're experiencing really anxiety, you do. You can. There are people out there that specialize in this that can help you, speak with you through it. And, and you know, there's a lot of things that probably factored into it that I, I told my counselor about that I won't mention in the pod, in this podcast. But you know, my situation and, and my childhood and all the rest of it all come together. But I believe it was that wasn't being able to be me that was the big factor, and so. I got the help, and I did it for like a year. And am I fully recovered? No, because I believe there's an accountability. But I can go out. I can do all the things. I'm actually loving my life. I had my son in the hospital, and I was worried that I was, I was going to faint when I had the son, but that was for a different reason. Seeing my wife give birth, that was an amazing opportunity. I was able to uh, be my best man's... Um, um, sorry... I was able to be my best mate's wedding. I was in the bridal party. I was worried I was going to faint. I did all these things that I thought I could never do. And I ended up doing them. I was actually in my wedding. And actually, my wedding was the greatest day. I had to do a speech in front of 160 people. And I did it. Because that's who I am. I like being centre of attention. Actually, It actually calms my anxiety now. It's when I'm boxed in and I feel like, you know, situations where I'm not talking or speaking <laughs> sometimes like my, my anxiety hierarchy can go but it's managed and that's the most important thing the breathing techniques and everything that I learned it's all managed but now I know that I fainted because I didn't recognize the symptoms number one and I fainted and I got feared because I didn't know how to manage it after so I couldn't recognize the symptoms before I, I was in a situation where it damaged my my, my sort of um, mental state I needed to be around people and I wasn't it would have been better for me in 2012 to have been into a co-working space spent, wasted even more money than what I did 
and be around people and I probably this event probably wouldn't have happened but it was good that it did because maybe I can help other people and I can talk about it and I can say it proudly look I had this problem but I fixed it and you can too you just gotta you know it, it takes courage but you know what that courage that you take to do the first step in fixing the problem and be honest with yourself and self-aware that you have a problem and getting it fixed, you can then talk about it and help other people and be an inspiration for other people. I'm not an inspiration. This is the first time I really spoke about it publicly. I don't even know where I'm going to post it at the time of recording. I don't know if I'm going to put it on my SoundCloud, on my business page. I don't know if it's... It's like, where can I, where can I upload it to get maximum value? Probably on my own YouTube. Um... I wish I video recorded this now, but never mind. I'll, I'll try to get uploaded to YouTube because YouTube doesn't like audio only. So I'll try to put pictures and make a slideshow or something. But it's going to go for like 30 minutes and, and it's going to be ages. So I don't know exactly how I'm going to do it, where I'm going to do it. But the point is, is that I recognize, you, you've got to recognize the image, you've got to get help. And, and everything that I feel today, even though I still kind of, kind of struggle with it, it's managed, and I can do everything that I wanted to do. There's nothing stopping me. I have the old natural fears of, of you know, certain things again, but I would have had those with or without the anxiety. The fact is, is that I truly feel, in the root of my being, that I'm doing everything that I, that I would have before. And that is, is, is great, because I never thought I would ever get out of that. And so, I did it. And if I can do it, anyone can do it. And you just got to be self-aware that you've got a problem, fix it, solve it, um, that you surround yourself with supportive people. And really, guys, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with you having it. It only becomes a problem when it's not treated and it's not understood. And you don't know how to manage it. You don't know how to cope with it. You don't know how to deal with it. I got it and I embrace it now. Okay, so I'm sitting one day, I'm sitting, whether I'm in a church or a family setting, and I can feel it coming on because I'm not talking. I just go, huh, okay, I've got anxiety right now. I don't know what over. Something's triggered it, okay, so I can learn that. What triggered it? Oh, it's because I'm, I'm in a certain seating arrangement that reminds me of the environment that I was when I fainted. Oh, right, okay, that's okay, that's fine, I'll deal with it. And self-talk and learn about the self-talk. And I don't want this to be about the techniques that I got taught because it may be something different to you. And I don't want you guys to take away the techniques thinking, well, I don't even going to see someone now. Like, you know what? I told things to my counsellor that probably had no bearing on the situation, but I told him anyway. I told her everything. Things that I've never told any other soul in my life. I told her every living thing that I could think of, whether it mattered or it didn't matter, I told it to her. And that's why within, uh, I, I think I would have finished in about six to 12 months. But I actually, and then actually, the funny thing was I went a lot longer than I did. I actually started enjoying speaking with her. I actually, <laughs> I actually think, um, I probably don't really need to continue this. But I'm having so much fun that I'm going to come and talk with you. That's just the situation where I got to. I mean, that's great. It's I started feeling more comfortable and then more things flowed out. But then, yeah, I do believe that now I've got the help that I needed, that now it's up to me to then crush it completely and only make anxiety the natural symptom it's designed to be. That's it. End of story. And whatever happens from here on happens. So the foundation was shook 
And now I'm realizing, you know what? Fine, these things happen, but I but I can stop myself from fainting because I'm having a panic attack, because that's obviously ultimately what it was, and collapsing. I can prevent myself from having that in a situation where it doesn't need to be. And that's power. And I can do everything that I wanted to do again. That's power. So guys, I've been there, I felt it, and I really got to the point where it's even worse than anxiety because the anxiety is not as bad as depression. So so if you've got anxiety, honestly, you can it's it's not something that you should feel embarrassed about because I believe that if you're open about it, you probably find that there's like then my brother started coming out and telling me what they feel like and then and then my mum will start telling me what she feels like just because I was just open enough to tell to talk to people and then my brother's my brother, my oldest brother started telling me what he feels like. And my other brother told me what he feels like. And so we wouldn't have had those open discussions if I first didn't put myself out there and say, hey, you know, all these things that are happening to me. And it's funny because my older brother said to me, as soon as you fainted, I knew it was to do with anxiety because I know what you're feeling. I was like, oh, there you go. Look, there's people around you that that aren't going to, I'm sure and I hope you do. And if you don't, reach out to me. I don't know where I'm going to put this. I've got to think about where am I going to put this to get the maximum exposure that I can reach as many people that have this problem. And look, like I said, I'm no specialist. But I've kind of been there and done it. So guys, I'll leave it at that. You know, if it's you, it's someone, you got no one that you believe you can talk to, talk to me. Hopefully you'll talk to someone to get the help that you really need. And no judgment here from me. You can tell me literally anything. You can keep it anonymous if you if you want to. I don't care. If I can help you, I will. Because I know what the feeling is. Thanks a lot, guys. God bless and have a great day. That's my story.